I think we've got the video. Round it there, Roshi. That's the ever on standby. There you go. But that was the worst day of my life. The worst day of my life. My God, it was absolutely brutal. What, what happened? OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette. In association with Movember. Effortless shave. Magnificent mo. This is News Talk. Hello and welcome to Wednesday's Off The Ball. I'm Kathleen McNamee and we will have plenty to keep you entertained this evening. Joining me later will be football journalist and broadcaster Lars Sivertson. But first, I am joined by Cahill Malone, Melani and Cameron Hill to run through the biggest sporting stories happening over this Christmas period. How are you lads? How was your Christmas? Hey, Kathleen. How are, how are you? Cal, I think it was this time last year where I actually hosted my first off the ball show, and you were also on with me. So yeah. I feel like this is going to be a little Just Christmas left. Yeah, <laughs> here the whole year. <laughs> we could make this our little like Christmas tradition. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. A Sligo, because you know I have plenty of family up in Enniskillen as well. So do I get honorary Sligo status or? Well, you did go to school there as well. I did go to school there as so well. So you do have a few things going for you, but we'll we'll see how the next half an hour goes and whether yeah. you're actually allowed into the crew. Do what? What's the next step? Is there? I don't know. You definitely have to play in some of the like outer Sligo GA pitches oh, okay. to properly earn your, oh, or else have right. gone to like a disco in the rugby club. Or, or, glass. Yeah, sure. Uh, did you play rugby? I did. The grammar. I, uh, I played, and then I played. For Castle Bar, so I would have played up oh, there you go. Oh, on yeah, the yeah, yeah. Lego pitches. You've covered all of Connacht then. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I've been around the world. <laughs> but if you have a, like for general banter for the rest of the slot, we need you to not be from Sligo, just so we can like that, pick on you. That, and that's <laughs> I, I'm willing to fill that role if required. Yeah. <laughs> Any New Year's Eve plans? I don't or do you like it as a holiday? No, I haven't. The last few years, I haven't done anything for New Year's. To be honest, um, no. Well, you don't that's the short goals, answer. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the short answer. No, I don't have anything to do. But there is a lot of football on, and obviously the sport as well has been has been brilliant this Christmas because the last few years, uh, both socially and sporting wise, I guess has been somewhat interrupted. But we've had the the full dish of sport, I guess, this Christmas, and it's been great to have that alongside all the festivities as well. And the darts have been in full flow. And we've had football uh, plenty of days as well, and the, the rugby interventions have been very competitive so far. And we've got a couple more to look forward to as well. And then the, the GA season will kick back into gear in early January. So it's uh, it's full steam ahead. Literally not a moment to draw breath from the whole thing. Yeah. I found when the Premier League came back, I was watching the games, trying to remember in my head. I was like, who's good again? Who yeah. Who is actually, am I expecting to do well in these matches? And who's probably going to go down? And like, I was looking at the teams almost just purely at their internationals and how they'd done in the World Cup rather than how they were performing as an overall squad for the club. Yeah, it's 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 been. I guess after the the high of the World Cup final and the the drama and the the whole thing around the World Cup, really the the knockout stages were brilliant and culminated in that incredible final. I think we all thought it might be a little bit hard to settle back into the Premier League routine, but the Carabao Cup matches actually midweek last week actually threw up a couple of really good games. Oh uh, yeah, City uh, Liverpool was brilliant. Yeah, so that kind of eased yeah. us back in, and we were ready then for St Stephen's Day and the the Premier League fair to to return. And you know, I thought I watched Liverpool. I, I thought they were really impressive uh, against Villa, and, and they. Be re-energised. It'll be interesting to see how City get on tonight against uh, against Leeds. Um, and all of a sudden, Arsenal have an eight-point lead at the top over City. Uh, so you know, it's it's um, it's a significant lead. Although there there are the games to come between City and Arsenal, but it's still ground to make up for Manchester City. I feel like the inevitable crash is still going to come. 
I, I just, I like, I was impressed by the way they came back the other night and I thought it showed the sort of, uh, I don't know, grit and determination that maybe Arsenal teams haven't had for a good 20 years, maybe. <laughs> but, like... I just I don't know how much they can sustain it for the rest of the season. I just don't think they have the squad depth. And I know it is a big lead, but as you say, there are still some pretty big matches to come in the new year for them. Um, although maybe I suppose the fans of City get a few more injuries. I don't think they're the same City team that we've seen in recent seasons, but Haaland is just... Yeah. We've said it. Yeah. I'm just going to start repeating myself as to everything we already said before the World Cup. See, but. I don't know. Eddie and Ketia did a really good Gabriel Jesus impression the other night. Mm. He was really, really impressive. That third goal is fantastic. If you can watch it back, um, the way he turns after getting the pass from Odegaard and slots at home. Oh. I would love to see Enkedia go on a proper run of form because I feel like he either struggles with actually getting proper minutes in the team or then when he does come in he'll either do something brilliant or he'll do something where you're like oh no maybe you should go out on loan or we shouldn't have you in the squad as regularly um but you mentioned city there Cahill, and some team news just came through yeah so manchester city taking on uh, leeds tonight in the premier league kickoff for that one is at uh, eight o'clock and the team news is in as you say kathleen and manchester city with a strong team edison and goal lewis stones akanji and ake across the back four de bruyne and gundawin alongside rodri in the midfield and then mares and grealish in support of erling Haaland up front mes Lear starts in goal for Leeds. It's Christensen, Cock, Cooper and Stroik. Then it's Greenwood, Forshaw and Rocco with Rodrigo up front alongside Aronson and Nanto. So strong team again from Manchester City. I think they, they certainly mean business. And um, you're right about Arsenal. I think to be fair to Arsenal, people have been saying all season that, no, it's got to come to an end at some stage. But we're, we're in January now, essentially. I know we've only played, what, 14, 15 games, 16 games in some cases. Mm. But they were still waiting for that big fall, if you like. So the longer it goes on, obviously the longer they're going to be in contention. Yeah, actually, and this is something I have said from the start. When I say that there's they're going to have a fall this season, I actually think it's more that they're not going to win the title. But I think they're definitely top four. I think two or three is probably the most likely positions for them. Yeah. It is going to depend. I thought the Gabriel Jesus injury, as well as Encadia did the other night. I still think just the general work rate that he brings to the team and the positions he gets himself in. I don't know if there still is a player to slot into that role in the same way for Arsenal. Mm. Um, but it is encouraging to see like the likes of Odegaard having good games. Jacka, Thomas Party was quite good as well. You know, there are definitely... It's definitely the most cohesive Arsenal team that there's been in a long, long time. Uh, Saka as well, coming off like some good performances of the World Cup. So I do think they'll grow. I think... They probably, if they could reinforce a bit more, either in January or in the summer, and just get a bit more squad depth, so that you're not worrying about every little injury being absolutely disastrous for the bid for Champions League or an actual title. Then I think they'll properly cement themselves in people's heads. But it definitely was a good performance. I mean, when they went one nil down, I was like, oh no. It started and it's only the first game back after the World Cup. <laughs> but you know, even when they went 1-0 down, I was still like, Arsenal are going to come back here. Mm. I just have a feeling, the way they started that game with Saka, it was a really, really excellent move for that goal that was disallowed for offside. But oh, even when you saw that, you thought, oh, they, they have picked up from where they left off, really. Um, I mean, getting Mudrik would be quite the the boon for them I know he's more of an out and out striker and not a like for like replacement for Gabriel yeah. Jesus 
but getting him, getting players, as you say, building that depth, because you are trying to um, keep up with the likes of City and now Newcastle and Arsenal have Newcastle on the 3rd of January, which is going to be an absolutely brilliant game of football. Yeah, that's a big game. That's a big game. And you mentioned last year, Kathleen, how we were here at this time last year. I think uh, virtually everybody at that stage thought that the Premier League title race was over and Manchester City were going to Mm. run away with it. And we saw how close it ended up. Obviously, Liverpool... Uh, we're in really good form at the time um, after Christmas but it is a different season because we have had the World Cup in the middle of it and you just wonder the impact of that both mentally and physically for a lot of the players how that's going to impact the various clubs you mentioned injuries Kathleen I mean that's going to play a huge part you would think over the next couple of months and if one of the top teams has a big injury to, to a key player How's that going to affect things? It could be a strange season and might that lend itself to a, an outside winner of the Premier League title? Who knows? Maybe it could be Arsenal. But Newcastle are another team that are in the mix that, that haven't been there in recent years, really. And you have to give them a, a huge... Obviously, they've had the huge investment and everything like that, but they've been very impressive. Mm. Well, it's funny because I feel like since everyone's come back from the World Cup, it's almost like all of a sudden people have looked at the, ta- at the table and gone, oh... Newcastle are actually title contenders. Like everyone's been complimenting how great they've been, but mm. I don't think anyone actually realised how quickly they snuck up the table. And obviously, they do have I think it's two games in hand over City at the moment and one over Arsenal. Um, but they're still up there, and it, they have had the investment, but also just some of the players and the performances that Eddie Howe has been able to get out of his team are so impressive. Like these aren't guys that are you know multi multi million pound signings these are guys that have been playing at like relatively middle of the ground level for a long time and he's yeah. turned things around yeah and i suppose the the question the the eternal question is how much of eddie howe is like how much of newcastle's success is going to be down to eddie howe how good a manager is he i mean he's got like you know endless that bottomless pit of money to invest the squad into the squad, and look, they've they've invested wisely. The players they've got have been really shrewd signings. I mean, we haven't even seen Alexander Isaac yet, really. Um, but Joe Linton's been fantastic under Howe, Bruno Guimaraes. They're oh, really, wow. really clever, and he's clearly an excellent coach. But yeah, you just don't know what his legacy is going to be after this. But he's clearly an he's clearly quite a good man manager from what he said as well he doesn't actually seem to be the sort of manager that wants to go out and spend a load of money like he seems to prefer working with players and as you say signing smartly rather than just saying like I'm going to spend 200 million this summer and good luck to the rest of the Premier League (laughs) we're coming for you all Um, you mentioned obviously the game tonight between Leeds and Man City and it's going to be a bit of a reunion for Erling Haaland and Jesse Marsh yeah that's right because the Leeds manager as you say reuniting with Erling Haaland when City visit Ellen Road in the Premier League tonight the pair worked together at Orby Salzburg where Haaland scored 29 goals in 27 matches and Marsh isn't surprised the Norwegian has continued his prolific streak in England's top flight he wanted feedback he wanted extra training when I would leave the training centre and I was almost always the last one to leave Erling would be in the regeneration pool his attention to taking care of himself and doing everything he could to make sure that he could be at his best was was uh, was special yeah so a win tonight for City we'll see them move back up to second and within five points of the leaders Arsenal leads start the night in 15th place in the table and kick off at Elland Road is at 8 o'clock 
And we thought we might see a bit of Calvin Phillips as well, first return to Leeds. He's on the bench, but considering some of the comments that Guardiola said about him coming back from the World Cup overweight, it'd be surprising enough to see him appear tonight. Yeah, and you'd be surprised. How did he get overweight during the World Cup? As you were mentioning before we uh, came on air, do you not have a nutritionist with the England camp? Where he, like, he obviously didn't go into the World Cup mm-hmm. um, overweight because Southgate wouldn't have picked him. So how does, I don't know, it doesn't really line up. It seems strange that you would go away with an international team and manage to come back overweight when you're trying your hardest to get on a squad. And and like I know it was quite competitive and he wasn't necessarily one of the players that maybe a lot of people were tipping to start too many games or even come on as a substitute for too many games. But at the same time, surely you're working away yourself to keep at a fit and steady level. And I doubt, you know, the England standards are that far off the city standards in terms of where you want a player to be. Yeah, that's true. But you do tend to see, and maybe it's it's just a perception of my own, but in recent times there has appeared to be conflict between international setups and club setups more often maybe in terms of the, the training load and stuff that players take on when they're on international breaks. In this case, it seems to be the opposite in that Phillips has come back in, in what City termed to be not good enough physical condition to, to play in the Premier League tonight. Um, it is a very interesting one. I mean, <laughs> you wonder just how badly conditioned can a, a Premier League player get. I mean, they're, a, they're the, among the fittest athletes, you know, in football. Um, so I'm sure he's not uh, in terrible shape and he might feature tonight. Maybe it's a thing of gradually easing themselves back into it. Um, but City just have an embarrassment of riches, really, don't they? So, I mean, they've still named a very strong team tonight. So I don't think they'll be overly concerned not to have him, but they will want everybody as the, the season becomes more demanding and obviously they'll have a huge eye on Europe as well once we come into the springtime uh, they will need all hands on deck Do you think City was the right move for a player like Calvin Phillips? I think if you've got a chance to go to City in their current state with Pep Guardiola's manager and the the squad that they have I mean it's a very hard move to turn down and you talk about you know Grealish going there for all that money as well and obviously he had what he had at, at Aston Villa but if you have the opportunity to go to a club that that's um, you know been challenging for a Premier League title now for probably a decade at this stage, looking to to make that breakthrough at Champions League level, playing under Pep Guardiola, I mean, it's very very difficult to turn that down. Yeah, and I suppose when you go, you're going in the hope slash the knowledge that you are actually going to perform well and make the team a lot. I don't know. I was just. I was looking at some of the stuff that Guardiola had said about him recently and I know he doesn't really hold back necessarily in interviews and that's kind of known as his management style. You know, he'll call players out. But just some of the way that like Jesse Marsh was talking about him, about his return to Leeds and like what what it meant for the club to have him there, even playing for an opposite side. It just, it seemed interesting and I was thinking of like the time he's actually had at City and I was wondering how he feels about it now you know does he still see it as something that he wants to turn himself or does he see it as something that maybe this isn't going to work out in the long term for me but I don't know yeah well I think if sadly not a mind reader so I can't get straight into (laughs) Calvin Phillips' head but I will try I'll sit here and be like on the bench on the bench what's he thinking (laughs) well I think if you got the chance to go to a a really really top club that's challenging for titles there would be that nagging sense in your head you would think if you do turn it down irrespective of how good you might have it at a different club I I get the sense that you would have that nagging sense of what would have happened if I did take that move and football can be a fickle business where that opportunity might might only be there in a single transfer window for you to move when you're in form because suddenly you Mm. can be out of the limelight very quickly and some of the players 
in the World Cup might find themselves in that position in January where they really need to go now if they're going to go because they might not have that shop window again in the summertime. So there is always that nagging sense in the back of your mind as well if you don't go. Mm. Yeah, maybe I just need to go undercover as a Premier League player. Ha ha, definitely do not have that level of fitness. Um, Scottish Premiership tonight, Colin? Yeah, Celtic manager Ange Postacoglu is expecting an intimidating atmosphere when they head to Hibernia tonight in the Scottish Premiership. The leaders are unbeaten in nine matches in all competitions at Easter Road and haven't lost there since 2018, but Postacoglu says they'll be taking nothing for granted. It's a good stadium and, and you feel like it's a big game and... Uh I think it'll be a good challenge. I know sort of we played really well against them here at, at Celtic Park, but I think they've evolved a little bit since then. And, um, you know, as I said, away from home will, will be a, a tough challenge for us. So kick off for that match tonight at 8 o'clock. Celtics lead at the top, currently standing at nine points. Uh, the other games tonight all underway from 7.45. Second place, Rangers. Host Motherwell St. Johnson take on Hearts. Livingston face St. Mirren and Dundee United entertain Ross County. And Jim Goodwin's Aberdeen are at Rugby Park for a meeting with Kilmarnock. And we also had lots of racing at Leopardstown. Yeah, the festival continuing today in Conflata took the honours in the Grade 1 Savills Chase at Leopardstown earlier on this afternoon. The Gordon Elliott trained eight-year-old ease to victory under Jack Kennedy. Aplutar was a late withdrawal from that race with the Cheltenham Gold Cup winner not taking part after receiving vets' advice. The other Grade 1 on today's card, the Jack de Bromhead Christmas Hurdle went the way of home by the Lee. JJ Slevin was on board to guide the 7-1 shot to victory for trainer Joseph O'Brien. And action at Limerick as well where Sean O'Keefe and Mascada combined to win the Tim Duggan Memorial Chase for trainer Henry de Bromhead. There were some really nice um, interviews out of that after the Jack de Bromhead race earlier today. Um, I was listening, I think there was a rainbow appeared over the course as the race was happening and Henry Bromhead was saying that every time they see a rainbow, you know, they always think that Jack's with them and just thought it was really nice that the family had that moment especially at a time like Christmas where I'm sure it was an incredibly difficult one for them Oh, it must have been so tough for them this year um, especially when you read the comments after um, Jack's tragic passing and uh, the family were like he would, he just seemed so full of joy um, and today would have been a poignant day for De Brumhead anyway um, on top of like Bob Ollinger, his horse ridden by uh, Rachel Blackmore didn't really feature in the Christmas hurdle, which was a bit of a disappointment, and obviously Aplutar not being there mm. was kind of took a little bit away from the Savile's chase. Even though um, Conflated was like just imperious, really excellent. Um, but yeah, yeah, an emotional day. Um, but it kind of we've had all emotions in the Christmas festival so far. It was a day of joy yesterday for Willie Mullins, obviously with six out of seven races won. Um, but yeah, you feel for the Bromheads tonight. Um, obviously, quite a tough day but I'm sure a nice day as well mm. Well the racing community really does seem to have kind of wrapped them up over the last couple of months and done everything and I think having races like this named after Jack means that you know his his name won't be going anywhere over the next few years and that they'll keep his memory alive um, We have some rugby injury news Carl. We certainly do. Kathleen and Leinster have reported no new injury concerns following their narrow win over Munster in the URC on St Stephen's Day. The squad trained today following that narrow victory at Thoman Park. Tyg Furlong could be poised for an imminent return to action with the prop stepping up his recovery from an ankle injury and Will Connors will do likewise as he recovers from a bicep problem and both players could be in contention for the fixture against Connacht on New Year's Day. Connacht meanwhile uh, looking 
anxiously at Adam Byrne who's nursing a foot injury ahead of that game and Munster also uh, preparing for an Interpro derby on New Year's Day they take on uh, Ulster and they have some good news on the injury front with Mike Haley set to return to training this week after missing the Leinster clash exactly what every Connacht fan wants to hear, isn't it? The tag for Long and Will Connors might be fit to make yeah, their br- return. Oh, brilliant news. Great. Really adds to the occasion, I think, having those two heavyweights in the game. I'm yeah. terrified. Absolutely <laughs> terrified. As Carl was saying earlier, the two first interpros were very entertaining, although you have to feel that Munster really left something out there. I mean... I know they had their own injury rows and stuff, but those two tries that they let in after Max Deegan was in bin, you're just like, you can't be doing that. As much as you improve. Like I'd say anyone who didn't watch the match probably looked at the scoreline and thought, oh, Munster actually did kind of well. And in reality, totally left it out there. It looked a savage atmosphere mm. at Dolan Park, didn't it? it really, there was a real electricity, which is something that's kind of been lacking from that derby. I know we go on about the Munster-Leinster derby being this huge big thing when there's two other provinces to consider but it really did look like there was a a magnetism in the air or magic I think there's a nostalgia to saying that the Leinster Munster derby is this big thing because Munster just haven't been on the same sort of level as them for a good while now yeah. yeah, I think there are green shoots for Munster, uh, despite the disappointment of that loss. But at the same time, you can talk about green shoots, but you still want to get results along the way. And um, they will be very disappointed because I think, Cameron, you're right. There was a certain sense of magic in the air at Thoman Park. And you did get the sense that maybe this was a really good chance for Munster because Leinster were without some frontline players as well. But you have to give Leinster just an enormous amount of credit with the the depth of resources that they've developed uh, and that's at their disposal. And it's huge. I know Leo Cullen was very pleased with the result in terms of developing players that maybe haven't been playing in the huge games for them in recent seasons to, to get games like these in the URC. And it further develops their squad, uh, obviously with that eye on Europe as well, coming into the, the new year. So Leinster, you have to give them a massive amount of credit for pulling that result out. They're just really hard to see past for any competition this season like they're just so and even when they have those big injuries they're like their bench is as strong as a lot of teams full starting squad and you're like what can you actually do to get past them Mm. yeah I guess it's probably with Munster maybe there's a little bit of a psychological edge there now in that Leinster have been so dominant now in recent seasons and obviously particularly in the in the league they maybe haven't had the success that they would have liked in Europe as consistently as they they might have liked but they certainly seem to be building towards something again this year and you would expect them to be in the latter stages in Europe again of course and and certainly contending in the URC uh, for another trophy so as you say Kathleen you certainly wouldn't look past them in in either of those competitions as things stand God have you been perched in front of the darts for the entirety of Christmas well for some of the (laughs) some of the Christmas Kathleen not not the whole Christmas but I have been watching some of the darts I enjoyed when the darts was on during just before we went on break for Christmas in the office because I feel like you watch most sports in the office and there, you get very different crowds of people so during the World Cup it's everyone just like shouting and having a great <laughs> time the darts there's just lots of ooing and eyeing and like oh. chairs being rolled up to one little screen and there's a cosy feel to it I think I properly come out and fits of laughter every time Chase the Sun by Planet Funk comes on because it just <laughs> feels like it's, it's so funny when it just kicks up and everybody sings it ah oh, it's a brilliant atmosphere I'd love to I wouldn't have watched it much before but I kind of want to go now next year. 
honestly. Yeah. It's definitely a sport to experience, I think, uh, the darts. It's it's uh, certainly a, a brilliant viewer experience. But you're, you're saying, Kathleen, there was some big games uh, at the PDC World Championship today. And Gary Anderson, among the players to exit the competition because he lost out this afternoon to Chris Doby by four sets to one. And Doby spoke afterwards and said there was a disagreement between the two players which helped inspire him to victory. I was a bit nervy there, but... Um Gary, Gary said something to us in the last break and I didn't like it uh, so there was no way he was winning that game after that uh, kind of annoyed us but um, I, I come out, the man I am I tried to forget about it but uh, like I say, he's a class lad but I didn't agree with what he said and there was no way he was winning this game yeah, that's Chris Toby speaking after his win over Gary Anderson earlier today to advance to the last 16 at the Alexandra Palace. Elsewhere, two big comebacks for Jose D'Souza and Alan Sutar, who both advanced to, to the last 16. D'Souza came from 3-0 down to beat Ryan Serra 4-3, while Sutar was 2-0 down before reeling off four sets in a row to overcome the challenge of Danny Noppert. Uh, one game currently on stage, Kathleen. It's the meeting of Joe Cullen and Damon Hett. That is level at uh, two legs apiece in the uh, opening set there. And two other matches coming up uh, this evening at the final match on stage is the meeting of world number four Michael Smith and Germany's Martin Schindler before that Michael Van Gerwen who's a three time winner faces Menster Sulevich there's two decent games uh, to look forward to this evening and finally we had a League of Ireland signing Yes, indeed. Shamrock Rovers announcing the signing today of Johnny Kenny from Celtic, the striker who had a spell with Sligo Rovers joins on a season-long loan deal. Kenny moved to Celtic from the showgrounds earlier this year, but he's found opportunities hard to come by, and he was since loaned out to Queen's Park, but hopes returning to Ireland can help him kickstart his career once again. Thank you very much, Cole, and thank you, Cameron, for joining us as well. No problem at all. It's always nice to have our little festive catch-up, Cole. Sure, Kathleen? <laughs> He's gone now. You won't see him again. No, not at all, even though he never leaves the office. <laughs> um, that's it for the news round, brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. After the break, Laurie Siversen will join me for a roundup of all the Premier League action from the last few days. Don't go anywhere.